Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. At least at the time of recording, this is a Monday. You may be stopping in a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday. But thanks for stopping in. It is July 26th, and we've got a fun show for you today. Dipping into some research around the Pittsburgh Steelers and what could have ended up happening to the Steelers in the many situations where they had tried to replace the quarterback position. How easy is it for teams at the bottom of the NFL who consistently make the playoffs to replace quarterbacks. It's not quite as easy as I thought. Not everyone can find a Lamar Jackson. So we get into that later on today talking about Ben Roethlisberger, but we begin with the shit show that is about to break out in Houston, Texas, baby, because yesterday I saw the headline that said Deshaun Watson in order to avoid his $50,000 fines every day, which, by the way, the team can waive. They don't have to charge $50,000 in fines. But to avoid his $50,000 in fines, before settling out of court, and before he's being placed on the commissioner's exempt list by the NFL, Deshaun Watson is pulling up to Texans camp on Thursday, and this is going to be a shit show. I saw that headline. I could not believe it. And then there's news coming in this morning that the Texans are indeed shopping Deshaun Watson because, duh, they were ready to shop Deshaun Watson before he ended up being charged with 22 different cases of sexual harassment. With it, Well, charged for potentially two, but... Uh, taken to civil court over 22 cases of sexual harassment. And Deshaun Watson, who we, we've we talked about this before, there's the human element to this, there's the legal element, and there's the football element to the Deshaun Watson story. And it's important that every time we discuss this, we acknowledge that there are three separate parts to this story. There's the humanized aspect of the fact that Deshaun Watson potentially ruined careers, made a number of women uncomfortable, especially in their professional setting, uh, and potentially harassed a number of women who gave no indication that that's what they were looking for in their encounters, and overall just did some creepy stuff while also lying to his lawyer about the 
seriousness of this case because had he done a number of these things it's pretty clear that he would have settled out the first time and then moved on or kicked the can down the road now again it's difficult to figure out civil suits because ultimately they end up being settled 90 some percent of the time and there is some level where you know money can be a representation of closure in certain cases and Deshaun Watson is eventually going to pay out settlements instead of going through the civil court process, especially in the case of 22 women. There's no realistic way he can be exonerated for all. And at a certain point you look up and say, it's pretty clear that the evidence is stacked against Deshaun Watson and that he did these things and he'll settle for whatever the dollar amount may end up being. And I was surprised that he hadn't settled yet out of court, this being the legal side now. So I'm surprised that Deshaun Watson hadn't settled out of court. We talked about the human side of it a little bit. Now the legal side, surprised he hasn't settled out of court. He's letting this play out in the legal system. And to the football side of it, he will never play another game for the Houston Texans, even if he reports to camp on Thursday and goes through the entire process of training camp as the Texans starting quarterback, the NFL will most certainly put him on the commissioner's exempt list before the season ends up starting. But I am stunned, stunned that the Texans aren't just saying, Deshaun, it's okay. Just stay home. We're trying to trade you. Which, by the way, The story that was reported says the Texans are looking for at least three first-round picks, and there's another report that they want five top-end picks for Deshaun Watson, which seems like the Texans leaking this out. Very clearly, the Texans are trying to start trade interests in Deshaun Watson. Why are they starting it now? Because Deshaun Watson's about to report to camp and start an absolute shit show for the Houston Texans. There is No scenario where I thought Deshaun Watson was going to report to that locker room and be practicing with those players, given one, he very clearly wants out of Houston, and two, he's been going through the legal process in one of the most public cases of sexual harassment in professional football across the last 20 years. And I was stunned, stunned to hear that while he still didn't settle out of court, which I thought would have happened by now, it's pretty clear that you're not going to be exonerated from this. So I'm surprised that he's letting it drag out and potentially not be able to collect his $40 million this season, regardless of what team he plays for. I was stunned that Deshaun Watson is coming to camp because... He is not going to play for the Houston Texans. The NFL will not allow him to play for the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are ready to move on from him. He very clearly does not want to play. And reporting to camp makes your leverage start to disappear. Now, is he doing it just to avoid $50,000 fines? Yes, that seems to be the report. He still wants out. There's no reason Deshaun Watson wants to stay in Houston. But the Texans can just tell him to go home. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. 
or at the very least, it's about to be a total shit show in Houston when Deshaun Watson shows up to camp on Thursday. Maybe practices, maybe doesn't. It's just going to be a black cloud hanging over the Texans franchise right now. And I was literally, I my eyes got wide by the idea. Two things made my eyes wide. That one out of shock. The other one out of excitement because the Padres traded for Adam Frazier last night for Tusupito Marcano and basically get Adam Frazier for the minimum this year. But I was stunned, stunned that Deshaun Watson is coming to camp for the Houston Texans. I I genuinely could not believe it that he was going to report to camp but still wants to be traded and the Texans still want to negotiate a trade. If that's the case, just send him home. Just send him home. I It's unbelievable. I could not believe Deshaun Watson is coming to camp, even if it's just to avoid $50,000 fines that, by the way, the Texans can waive. Doesn't make any sense as... This entire thing just starts to fall apart, even more for the Houston Texans than it already did. We thought we were at rock bottom. Maybe we were at rock bottom for the Texans, but it doesn't make this a good idea by any stretch of the imagination. All right. So remember back in 2019 when Ben Roethlisberger tore his elbow for the Pittsburgh Steelers? It was in week two of that season, and it was a year where a lot of quarterbacks got hurt in the NFL. It was a very strange time, and so finding themselves in this situation now with Ben Roethlisberger was previously making about $38 million a season. It's a little less this year, but Big Ben finds himself in a situation where he still basically gets to be the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback for a prime championship window for a team that's for the past two years had one of the five best defenses in the NFL. Last year had one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, and this year comes back with a less than great offensive line, but previous years they had a great offensive line, and add Najee Harris, who I think is going to be a huge fantasy football breakout running back. Whether or not that replicates to improvement for the Steelers, I don't know if the running back position holds that much value, but... Juju Smith-Schuster's back, Deontay Johnson's back, Chase Claypool, James Washington. Uh, they have Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermuth, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have a really, really good team. And Ben Roethlisberger is not a great quarterback. Now, I say Ben Roethlisberger is basically a backup at this stage of his career. The numbers kind of support that he was a starter last year. I think he was 19th in QBR in the league around where Phillip Rivers was. Um, But Ben Roethlisberger really struggled to throw the ball down the field. And so I wanted to look at were the Steelers making the, the only call they could make in keeping Ben Roethlisberger? And if they had done the difficult thing of moving on from Ben Roethlisberger, or if Big Ben had retired after 2019, would the Pittsburgh Steelers have been able to transition smoothly after Ben Roethlisberger, or would they have been caught in this weird purgatory that the New Orleans Saints find themselves in, where it's really hard to find your next franchise quarterback. So 
With that being said, let's bring in a magical version of What If Wednesday, per se. I mean, it's not like we're changing one event and then going back and analyzing history, but let's look at what would have happened had the Pittsburgh Steelers tried to move on from Ben Roethlisberger around 2019, whether by choice or whether by Roethlisberger's retirement. And there's four different times that we can focus in on the Steelers making moves. There's the 2019 trade deadline after Roethlisberger had torn his shoulder, or I'm sorry, torn his elbow. There was the 2020 draft, the 2020 offseason, and 2021 free agency slash NFL draft, which obviously was this last year. So, Pittsburgh has had a number of options here across the last few years. And the first place to start off would be the 2019 trade deadline. So let's get back into that frame of mind from 2019. Because this was the Pittsburgh Steelers team that started the year like 8-4. and four. They end up missing the playoffs. Actually, I think they were 7-4, and four, then 7-5, and five, then 8-5. and five. But anyways... Steelers end up losing their last three games of the season and miss the playoffs. But before that, Steelers had had the number one defense in the NFL. They had basically been trying to piece together an offense that was ranked about 30th in the NFL, only behind the Miami Dolphins and I forgot who someone else was in there. Maybe they were right around that same spot, but... The Miami Dolphins and maybe Cincinnati, but Pittsburgh had like the 30th ranked offense in the NFL and they were going week to week with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Duck Hodges and they were just kind of trying to find anything on offense with a defense that was carrying them through much of these games. They had some like 16 to 10 victories and some 17 to 20 victories like it were a lot of defensive showcases that helped Pittsburgh win games and they were able to get just enough offense from Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges depending on which one was playing which game Uh, and then you know Miles Garrett swung a helmet at Mason Rudolph and there was all kinds of weird stuff that happened that year but let's throw it back to the 2019 trade deadline because the Pittsburgh Steelers were still Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges And they coulda, shoulda, woulda been looking around for a better option. Now, trade deadline options are never great. Most teams are reluctant to part with starting level quarterbacks at this point in the season. So a few of their options were Teddy Bridgewater, but he was playing for an injured Drew Brees. So Teddy Bridgewater is kind of out of the equation. And then you had... Marcus Mariota, potentially, he'd just been benched by the Titans for Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, maybe they could have given up a lot for Mariota, but I don't even know if the Titans knew whether or not Tannehill was the guy for the rest of the season yet because he had been benched, or, yeah, he would have been benched a week and a half before the trade deadline. So they really kind of still needed Marcus Mariota, so... Maybe even that option comes off the table. So in this scenario, there is one quarterback very much available that Pittsburgh can trade for, and it probably only costs them a fourth or a fifth round pick. The Pittsburgh Steelers land 
Case Keenum from, at the time, the Washington football team. He had started the season for Washington. They had turned it over to Dwayne Haskins. There would come a time where Case Keenum would play again for them. But basically, Case Keenum was readily available for trade. Uh, His contract was coming to an end, the long one he signed with the Denver Broncos. So let's say Pittsburgh trades for Case Keenum from Washington. With Keenum, the Steelers maybe win one extra game than they would have with Mason Rudolph and Doc Hodges. Now maybe their offense doesn't get significantly better, but Case Keenum is a high-end backup, similarly to Big Ben even though Big Ben's probably a little bit ahead of Case Keenum. But Case Keenum, under the right circumstance, as we saw in Minnesota, could be an MVP candidate in the best of circumstances. And so Case Keenum, instead of having the 30th-ranked offense, Steelers maybe have the 26th, 25th-ranked offense. And they win an extra game. They go 9-7. and And they might still miss the playoffs. But what if... You know, Case Keenum has one magical performance, as Case Keenum is prone to do, and the Steelers go 10-6 and that year. Let's say they flip a result against the Jets. They lose a game to the Jets late in the season. So maybe we flip that result, and now the Steelers go 10-6. and Now they make the playoffs as the sixth seed. And remember what happened to the sixth seed that year? That would be the year that the Titans beat the Patriots... In Foxborough, in Tom Brady's last game as a New England Patriot, where he threw the pick six at the end, then they went to Baltimore, and they won against the Ravens in what is still to this day the biggest upset in the playoffs of the last decade. So, maybe if Pittsburgh gets that seven seed, they beat New England, but then lose to Baltimore, and then Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes get to duel in the AFC Championship game, the year Lamar Jackson won the MVP, and the year that Patrick Mahomes would win their, and the Chiefs would win their first Super Bowl. Still wish we could have seen that game, but I'll be okay. So maybe that's a scenario. Maybe Case Keenum has one magical game, we flip one result, and the Pittsburgh Steelers end up making the playoffs with the best defense in the NFL, or at least a top three defense in the NFL, and an offense that is just good enough to get them to the playoffs as a top eight team in the NFL. But they miss the playoffs with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph in real life. So in this scenario, Case Keenum ends up walking away at the end of the season. Maybe they pay a little extra to keep Case Keenum, instead of having him go be a high-end backup for the Cleveland Browns. But in this scenario, we can say that Case Keenum walks away from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not a long-term option, just a temporary replacement for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Plus, I don't think they'd want to settle for Case Keenum anyways. It's not that much different than settling for Ben Roethlisberger in 2020 and soon to be 2021, because Big Ben's going to be their starting quarterback next year. So... Their next option is the 2020 free agent class, which, of course, the name that pops out in that is maybe the greatest free agent signing in NFL history, which is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, had Pittsburgh shown interest? 
Would Tom Brady have considered signing with the Steelers over the Buccaneers? Something to think about. Maybe it would have happened. And had Tom Brady played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, would that have been enough for a 12-4 and team to have won maybe that Browns game? Maybe they don't have the same mistakes as the Browns game. Maybe they win a game after that against, who would they have played? Kansas City? Maybe they win against, no, it wouldn't have been Kansas City. Who's the two seed? Uh, Buffalo? Maybe they win a playoff game against Buffalo? Maybe they get to the AFC Championship? Maybe they play Kansas City? Maybe Tom Brady does just enough to win? Who knows? We, we, we can never know, but... Who knows, maybe Tom Brady would have been open to joining the arch-rival Pittsburgh Steelers. But in, in the other circumstances, you have, you know, Cam Newton, potentially an upgrade over Ben Roethlisberger. Even these fringe starters like Marcus Mariota or Teddy Bridgewater, as temporary relief, could have been alternative options in the event that Big Ben started playing terrible. Or if Big Ben walked away, just one of their temporary options for filling the quarterback position. So, you know, maybe Marcus Mariota does end up on the Pittsburgh Steelers, like I said they should have done in the 2020 offseason when we had our uh, game of QB roulette. Uh, one of the t- names that I had said definitely coulda, shoulda, woulda gone to Pittsburgh was Marcus Mariota. So maybe Marcus Mariota comes over. Or Teddy Bridgewater becomes a stopgap. Maybe it doesn't make a difference, but we saw Teddy Bridgewater win a lot of games with the system of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry, with the system of the New Orleans Saints. And th- that Steelers team was ridiculously talented last year. So maybe it puts Teddy Bridgewater in a position to succeed. Um, and maybe they get bounced in the exact same spot, but those are also not long-term options. Not even Cam Newton is a long-term option for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, in a non-Tom Brady world, they're still looking for a quarterback. So now this brings us to the 2020 draft. Now, the quarterbacks at the top of the 2021 draft included Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, Joe Burrow, none of whom the Steelers were in a position to acquire because the Pittsburgh Steelers traded their first-round pick in the 2020 NFL draft for Minka Fitzpatrick. They gave that pick to the Miami Dolphins, and the year prior they traded up to get Devin Bush. So their draft capital was kind of sitting low at this point. But they did have, presumably, regardless of the Case Keenum world or the Mason Rudolph Duck Hodges world, a pick around 48 in the NFL draft. And in reality, they used that pick to draft Chase Claypool. There is a scenario where they could have passed on Chase Claypool, which, you know, they might regret down the road because Chase Claypool is awesome, but they could have drafted Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts went at 52 to the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Steelers presumably would still have a pick higher than that if they missed the playoffs that year, whether 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight and eight. In that 10-6 and six reality, they might not be able to get Jalen Hurts, but they also might still be able to get Chase Claypool. And so, if Pittsburgh had passed on Claypool and taken Jalen Hurts, Hurts gets a 
better chance to succeed with Pittsburgh than he does in Philadelphia, especially if they draft him with the assumption that he's going to get to be either a starter or a chance to start with a stopgap of like Cam Newton or Marcus Mariota in between. I think Jalen Hurts impressed a lot of people with some of the performances he had in Philadelphia last year. And Philadelphia is not a good roster. Not even last year's Philadelphia team was a good roster. And so maybe, just maybe, Jalen Hurts gets a better chance at success than he did in Philadelphia coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And maybe they make the playoffs that year just like they did because that system was so talented and Jalen Hurts has higher upside than Ben Roethlisberger even in his first season because Roethlisberger really, really struggled to throw the ball further than seven yards. He was only ahead of Alex Smith in yards per pass attempt. Uh, and They were the only two with significant starts that were below three yards per pass attempt. And so Ben Roethlisberger as a game manager didn't give the same versatility that Jalen Hurts does. I don't think Jalen Hurts is great. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be anything more than a low-end starter in the NFL. And I think the Pits, the Philadelphia Eagles are in a position to replace him after next season because Jalen Hurts is like a, a stopgap quarterback. But at the same time, with a ridiculously talented defense, with four wide receiver options, with David DeCastro and with Alejandro Villanueva and that 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers team, and then presumably the addition of Najee Harris in the 2021 draft, potentially, I think Jalen Hurts would have been in an excellent position to prove that he could be a legitimate top-end starting quarterback, and at an early age he would have been put in a sink-or-swim situation. And I don't know if he would have sank or swam, but it's still presumably a scenario that Jalen Hurts gets to be better under the tutelage of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But again, no Chase Claypool in this situation. Yes, you can get Jalen Hurts, but it means you don't have that extra wide receiver threat that you kind of banked on most of the season. You know, Eric Ebron becomes a larger part of the offense in this scenario. So we go through 2020, and let's play out these different situations. If you have Mariota or Teddy Bridgewater... You probably still win about 12 or 13 games. You end up making the playoffs as the three seed. And I don't think Marcus Mariota or Teddy Bridgewater is a significant difference to prevent the drubbing that the Cleveland Browns did to you in that first playoff game. Maybe they throw less interceptions like Big Ben did. Big Ben had three interceptions early in the game. So maybe that changes the game a little bit more. But I don't think that they get further in the playoffs. They may have looked more aesthetically pleasing with Marcus Mariota or Teddy Bridgewater. But I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers advance much further in the playoffs with or without uh, Big Ben versus Mariota, Cam Newton, or Teddy Bridgewater. In the Jalen Hurts scenario, they probably still win the same number of games get to the playoffs, and maybe they beat the Cleveland Browns in a playoff game, but I don't think they can beat Buffalo with just that defense 
and Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Now, the defense always gave them a chance to succeed, and I think the reason they kind of fell apart towards the end of the season was because the offensive system fell apart, and the defense, you know, had Bud Dupree tearing ACL, had Devin Bush tearing ACL, and they kind of they kind of fell apart in terms of injuries. Just for like, you know, when you have six all-pro players on defense or six pro bowlers and five all-pro players, which they've had in the last two seasons, Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, uh, Devin Bush, uh, Bud Dupree, uh, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, uh, I mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, when you have that many all-pro level players and two of them disappear, all of a sudden your uh, your offensive your offensive deficiencies become much more noticeable because more points are being allowed or more yards are being allowed. And so I think it probably would have come back to bite Pittsburgh at some point. I'm not sure when. But I don't think even Jalen Hurts helps them advance more than one round further in the playoffs. Which, by the way, if Case Keenum leads them to the second round of the playoffs, and if Jalen Hurts leads them to the second round of the playoffs, and that's still your best case scenario, it's still a massive success. They win two more playoff games than they originally did. It's just not no quarterback additions they realistically could have made apart from Tom Brady. And even Tom Brady is still questionable with it, whether or not it would have made a huge improvement in 2020. Like like Super Bowl level improvement like it did with the Bucks in that weird NFC. But it does point to the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers could have won maybe two more playoff games. They couldn't have gotten better than a top eight team through the two seasons of adjusting quarterbacks and maybe preventing Big Ben from coming back, or if Big Ben had chose not to come back, it doesn't look like they could have won, best case scenario, more than two playoff games. And they never could have gotten to be better than a top eight team in the NFL, making it to the second round of the playoffs. So now we get to the 2021 offseason, which is the last of the four trials of how can we replace Ben Roethlisberger. And the 2021 offseason... Didn't have a lot of options in the quarterback class in free agency. Now, they could have traded for Jared Goff, and I think they still can trade for Jared Goff. Um, But Jared Goff, compared to Ben Roethlisberger, probably isn't that significant of a difference. I think Jared Goff's slightly better than Ben Roethlisberger, but I don't think it's a hugely significant difference to bring in big Ben Roethlisberger. Now, they did bring in Dwayne Haskins, which... Okay, high upside potential, uh, I guess. Maybe that's what you can say is first-round pick potential. Um, Okay, as the Tyler the Creator meme says. And maybe there's someone else in the 2021 free agent class, but I'm thinking back now, and there's a lot of trade candidates, but not a lot that are, like, glaringly available or, like, glaring great players that were available for acquisition. So... Yeah, Pittsburgh kind of gets stuck in the middle on that one, but Pittsburgh still finds themselves in a position where they need a long-term quarterback. Whether or not you have Jalen Hurts, maybe that changes it where you're willing to buy a couple more years for Jalen Hurts, but in the Marcus Mariota or Cam Newton or Teddy Bridgewater situations, 
you're looking for a long-term quarterback. And the one that pops off for me, with the Steelers sitting at pick number 24, was of course Justin Fields. And we, we talked about this a bunch during draft season with Blake Jude, NFL draft expert, Walter Mitchell, uh, Canadian Cutler, a bunch of the other people who stopped through during the draft coverage, which was that Justin Fields was, by sliding in the draft, it was setting up a circumstance for the Pittsburgh Steelers to potentially pounce on a long-term quarterback option, give up a bunch of draft picks just like the 49ers did to go get Justin Fields. And I still think that would have been the best case scenario because it's their only chance from these two years of analysis, soon to be three years because 2021 is three seasons removed from Big Ben's injury. That was their best chance to get a long-term quarterback replacement. And we don't know how good Justin Fields is going to be. I have faith in the Mike Tomlin developmental system and that the Pittsburgh Steelers generally run a tight ship and... If they had viewed Justin Fields as a long-term option, they would have gone and gotten Justin Fields, but they didn't end up parting with all the draft picks to go get him. They had tr- and this is the interesting part about it, too. They had traded up in the 2019 draft. They had traded their first-round pick in the 2020 draft. Pittsburgh had not been replenishing young talent in a long while. Now, they, their trade-up did net them Devin Bush, and Devin Bush is a great, great piece that they've gotten for the past two seasons for really cheap. And that's a great way to build a defense with six all-pro players, which is now five because Bud Dupree is gone. But, you know, Devin Bush, TJ Watt, those are guys that are still under rookie contracts. And so you can bring in, I Minka Fitzpatrick is still on a rookie contract. Even if they had to give up a first-round pick to get him, he's still on a rookie contract. Um, you, you can bring in the, the Cam Haywards, the Stefan Tuits, the Joe Haydens, guys like that. You can bring in on larger term contracts because those other players are still not on, not under long-term contracts yet. Now, Devin Bush is about to get 25 million and Lord knows how much TJ Watt is about to get on his next contract as the should have been defensive player of the year last year. But, De- uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, had saved a lot of their draft capital, and I felt that they should have used a first and a second or whatever it took, two firsts and the 24 pick and gone up and gotten Justin Fields, especially as Justin Fields started to fall in the draft to pick 11. And the Bears went from pick 20 up to pick 11 to get Fields, and they gave up a first and a fifth. So they gave up pick 20, which ended up being Kadarius Toney. They gave up pick they gave up their first rounder next year and a fifth rounder so if I'm Pittsburgh and I'm sitting at 24 the gap you just have to close is between four picks in the first round they probably could have gotten Justin Fields with the 24 pick their first rounder next year and a third round pick and they probably could have walked away with Justin Fields and to be honest looking through the different situations here that would have probably been the best move to make was to go get Justin Fields in the draft because I'm looking through here and to answer the question about what if the Pittsburgh Steelers had moved on from Ben Roethlisberger in 2019, there weren't a ton of great options. The best case scenario for Pittsburgh, as we're seeing right now, would have been to wait two more seasons until 2021 to get a quarterback 
But had they gone the Case Keenum, Jalen Hurts route as their best case scenario, the Case Keenum, Jalen Hurts route, they would have won two extra playoff games at best, never been better than a divisional round exit, and still would have not had a long-term replacement at the quarterback position. Justin Fields was probably their best bet, and to do that, they probably would have needed a Case Keenum season with a missed playoff appearance, and then going the next year with Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback, and they probably still would have been bounced in the exact same spot in the playoffs. So Pittsburgh didn't have a ton of great options at the quarterback position. And it makes me rethink this idea, because Big Ben has not been good. And the reason I wanted to dive into this is, what would have happened if they hadn't shown loyalty to Ben Roethlisberger, or committed to him for years after he exited his physical prime, and they had to rebuild their entire offense around his weaknesses, and turn it into a system game? The answer is, they would have just had a handful of... Guys who look a lot like Ben Roethlisberger. Younger versions of Ben Roethlisberger, but were never quite as... And maybe can push the ball down the field a little bit more without the risk of interceptions. But never really solid starting quarterbacks. They're fringe backups most of the time, or fringe starters. Treading the line there. Whether I mean, Cam Newton would probably be the best scenario there. And even Cam Newton, I don't think, saves them from the exact same fate they had with, as we were calling him last year, Jimmy Garothlisberger, which he ended up being worse than Jimmy Garothlisberger by the end of it, which, you know, we tried to tell you most of the season. But I'm looking back now and through research, I realized that there weren't a ton of great options for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think their best bet is with an unknown, relatively unknown at least, in Justin Fields and trading up to get him and giving up two first-round picks and another day-two pick to get Justin Fields and help him develop to maximize their window right now. But Justin Fields also has never seen the field, so if we're talking about strictly the past two seasons, it doesn't look like there's really much reinforcement on the way. Just some stopgap options that, while two playoff wins is not insignificant, for a team that had that level of wide receiver talent and that top defense each of the last two seasons but never had an offense that ranked in the top half of the league, I think it just becomes a weakness for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just having the offense be the system that it is, it's just a weakness. It's a weakness that the Pittsburgh Steelers have tried to address. They've done it well with the skill position players. Now the offensive line needs some reinforcements, and they're going to have to reconstruct that roster with the realities of roster building, that they're now in their third year with their current core, and every four years guys come up on contracts. So, you know, Bud Dupree and TJ Watt are going to make up 25% of your salary cap when they used to be making up like 5%. So that's those are just adjustments that the Steelers are going to have to figure out, and all of this might just be just a case of too little too late. And that's a tough break for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we find out through research that there's not too much that they could have done about it. Not too much changes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So maybe they win two playoff games. But for now, they're stuck with lean Ben Roethlisberger, which I don't know how lean, lean Ben Roethlisberger is, but you know what? They're going to roll with it. And they're going to roll with the fact that Ben Roethlisberger has a better diet 
than Tom Brady, and that's going to be the improvement, is Ben Roethlisberger going vegan and finally taking care of his body when it felt like... I forgot who, who said this before. I think it was Ryan Clark, maybe. But when you hit Ben Roethlisberger, it felt like you were just hitting glass. <laughs> like, he just never took care of his body, and his elbow tore... And now he can't throw the ball down the field. And Ben Roethlisberger ages out the way traditionally quarterbacks age out. The way we saw Phillip Rivers age out. The way we saw Drew Brees age out. Ben Roethlisberger at 39 years old is aging out of the NFL. But Pittsburgh doesn't have too many better options. Especially given what they've done to revamp that defense. And the draft picks that they gave up to make that happen. And the short-term stopgap options that are always available in NFL free agency. Still have a chance. Go trade for Jared Goff, maybe. Could do that before the trade deadline. Who knows? Maybe that'll be a nice little option for them. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in to the Take It Easy podcast. We've got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as Wired Up on Sunday this week. I have a feeling with basketball coming to a close and MLB trade deadline talk this week. Adam Frazier to the Padres, let's go! Um, I imagine that we will be coming at you time and time again with some NFL preview episodes here, Get it, at least talking about the NFL a bit more. I don't like the term preview episodes, but we're going to be talking about a lot of these teams and different storylines and fun things like that. So, welcome back football season. We're getting right around the corner as teams report to camp, including Deshaun Watson. That's going to be a total shit show. Anyways, with that being said, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.